Music's been a blessing already. The choir singing high and lifted up. If you recognize the offertory just a few moments ago, what a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, the song we just heard, Take Your Burden to the Lord and Leave It There. Uh, it seems appropriate that our text this morning on a Giving Heart Sunday is John 3.16. And so if you'll turn in your Bible to the book of John, chapter number 3, verse 16. And uh, certainly um, Christians certainly are familiar with this verse. But I would dare say those that don't much about that don't know much about the Bible are familiar with John three sixteen, at least in the reference of it. <laughs> but certainly, uh, we want to look at it today, and I want to look at it from a little bit uh, different angle. And um, before we read the text this morning, um, as I mentioned during the announcements at the conclusion of the message and the invitation, we're going to take some time uh, to review a lot of things concerning our uh, past giving and our building program. I take some necessary time to update these things. Uh, and so uh, doing that, I will abbreviate uh, my message. And so, uh, so it's going to be 54 minutes instead of 55 minutes this morning. No, uh, I, I am, uh, we, we will get stopped. Uh, invitation and everything will be done in about 30 minutes. If you'll give me your attention, then that will give us plenty of time. Uh, to talk about the things we need to talk about and then dismiss at our normal time. Uh, but we look this morning at John chapter number 3 in verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you thankful for John 3.16? And the fact that God sent His Son uh, because He loved us. Uh, we might say in this world, and we might face betrayal, we might face hurt, we might face a lot of things. Uh, we might even be able to say, I don't think it's accurate. We might say in desperation sometimes, well, no man cares about me. I don't even think that is true. But certainly we have a God who cares about us. We have a God who is concerned about us. And certainly John 3.16 has been called the gospel in one verse. Um, there's there's series that could be preached. I've preached series out of this one verse, but I want to look at it from a little bit different angle today um, on uh, a Giving Heart Sunday. I want to speak on this subject, God as a pattern for giving. God as a pattern for giving. I believe the Bible is the blueprint for life. I, 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 don't, I use Google for directions. I don't need Google for direction in life uh, because I have the Word of God. It's, I believe it's the blueprint. Um, and I'm thankful to have a blueprint. One of the most frustrating things is for man trying to figure out on his own. Uh, I believe God has set a pattern for us as a Christian that we should follow. And uh, certainly the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to look at this uh, matter of giving from a, a little bit different angle this morning. And God has a pattern for giving. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we <coughs> thank you this morning for the blessings you've already bestowed on us. Father, the fellowship. Uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ, the fellowship with one another. And Father, may the church house always be a place of uh, warm fellowship and uh, genuine care for one another. And Father, the music that we've heard this morning, I, it has stirred our heart and certainly put the focus on the Lord Jesus. We're thankful for that. And Father, as we come to the time of the message, may we, as we look into John 3.16 this morning, may we be reminded of a very practical truth. But may it stir us uh, just in the focus of, God, what you've already done for us. But 
May we follow in that pattern. May we walk in your footsteps. Father, I pray that if there's one this morning who's a they've never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, may today be their day of salvation. For the Christian who's yet to fully commit to a life of following you, of serving you, may today, may things begin to stir in their heart where they would commit uh, to serving you. And Father, to the weary, to the burden this morning, may you give them strength. May they be reminded from the few moments we have this morning uh, the fact that you love them. You care for them so much that you gave the most precious thing that you had. And Father, may we be reminded this morning of your love uh, as well as many other things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, of course, came to this world to fulfill a purpose. The first time he came, it was to pay for the sins of mankind. He is coming again, and when he comes again, he's coming to establish his kingdom for all time. We have the account of John 3 and verse 16. The purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ was to lay down his life for mankind. The focus of John 3.16 is certainly on the Lord Jesus, which it certainly should be. But this morning, it's important for us to not overlook that it is God the Father who loved us enough, who loved man enough that He would send His Son. And man is a sinner, and we have a sin nature. It began in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, the first man, the first woman. And from that time, sin has been passed down to every man. Because of sin, we are separated from God. And by the way, uh, we, sometimes we look at our sin not as bad as somebody else's sin. Uh, any sin separates us from God. But thankfully, God loved us enough that He sent His Son to pay that sin debt. Christ in His perfection went to the cross of Calvary. Christ in His perfection, born of a virgin, took upon Him the sins of the world. There that day on Golgotha, that place referred to as the skull, as Jesus was nailed to the cross. Those that were there to witness that occasion, certainly Jesus was paying for their sins. But fast forward 2,000 years and He was paying for your sins and He was paying for my sins as well. With this famous verse, the most famous verse in the Bible, reminds us of the gospel, reminds us of Christ's purpose, reminds us of God's love. Think about it for a moment. God loves you. God loves you. We, we use a few phrases from time to time as people, and one of the phrases, well, to know me is to love me. I'm not saying that about myself. It's true, but I'm not saying that about myself this morning. Oh, to know me is to love me. Think about this. God knows you, and He still loves you. God knows us, and He still loves us. For God so loved the world. God could have just told us that He loves us. And we would be able to believe Him because God cannot lie. God is holiness. God is perfection. And sometimes we use that terminology and we use that expression. It's a better way of saying it. I love you or, or you express, somebody expresses us that they love us. But God didn't just tell us that He loved us. God showed us that He loved us. And how did God show man that he loved them. It's right there in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
He gave. You cannot separate God's giving from God's love. Because God gave because He loves. What a pattern for you and I. If we're going to follow God and we're going to follow the pattern, God has a heart that we cannot understand. I don't know why God would love me unconditionally. And if I don't know why God would love me unconditionally, I certainly don't know why He would love some of you unconditionally. But the fact of the matter is, God loves us all unconditionally. And God didn't just tell us. God showed us. He showed us by giving us His Son to pay our sin debt. He showed us by giving His Son (coughs) who would give His life on Calvary. That word gave, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Just for a few minutes I have this morning, I want to look at this thought of God as a pattern for giving. I certainly want to follow the pattern that God has has laid laid out for us. And this morning, I want us to think about, certainly, having a giving heart. And a child of God should have a life that is a life that gives. Naturally, when we think of giving, especially when you come to a Baptist church, we automatically think it's the offering plate, it's finances. That's certainly part of it. But it's our time, it's our life, it's our energy, it's the strength that we have. Uh, we ought to be willing to give that to God and to others. I want us to notice not just that this morning, but I want us to be reminded of what God's done for us. Let me say number one, as we look in chapter, verse number 16, I've already said it, but I'll, I'll say it again. God gave out of a heart of love. His love compelled him to action. If that is true, and it is, then if we are to follow the pattern that God has set when it comes to giving, love ought to compel us to action. It is, we use the word love so flippantly today. I love this, and I love that, and I love you, but you know what? When somebody tells you they love you, they want to see some action behind that. They want to see something that, that, that reinforces. You know, another phrase that we've heard, another phrase that we know is talk is cheap. Uh, and, and it's so easy to say, but God showed us. His love compelled him to send his son. Our love should compel us to have some action. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a heart of love? It's more than just sympathy. There's a lot of things in this world that we can be sympathetic to. It it will show we have a tender heart. It shows we have compassion. But that love has some action. There are things that, as a a simple illustration, there are things that we don't like to do that we do it just simply out of love. When my wife and I have been married for uh, more than uh, almost 27 years, and we first got married, you know, go shopping. She wants us to go, you know, you go with go with me to the stores. Oh, this is exciting. This is wonderful. We don't have any money to spend, so I know nothing bad could happen. You know, as time passes, it's like, do you want to go? To the... then, then she learned, though. I like to go without you because I have more liberty than when you're with me. And somewhere along the way, the conversation comes up. I was like, okay, I'll, you want me to go with you? I'll go with you. Um, you know, men, can you, can you relate to this? The wife always wants to go shopping five minutes before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. You know what I'm talking about? 
I'll go with you. Well, I want you to want to go with me. There are things that we do, not because we want to, but because we love. That's a silly illustration, but may we not forget that God loved us and He showed us it was action. Number two this morning, let me say, God's gift was a sacrificial gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God has one Son. He gave the most precious thing that He possibly could have given. The Bible tells us much about heaven, and there's much to look forward to, and there's much splendor there. The things that we that, that, that wars have been started over here, the streets are paved out of it in heaven. I mean, it is a, a fascinating place when you think about heaven. God did not send any of those wonderful things in heaven to earth. He didn't take the angels and send them to earth uh, to try and make a way for us. He sent His perfect Son. He gave the most precious thing that He possibly could give to you and I. God, God's gift was a sacrificial gift. His only begotten Son. He gave us the most precious thing He had. Now, let me bring this up in the, in the hearts and minds of people today, of Christians today. God's gift was a sacrificial gift. How much are we sacrificing for Him? The most precious thing we have is our life. I have one. You have one. We don't get another. We don't get a do-over. There's no mulligans when it comes to how many lives we have. And the greatest thing we have is our life and our time, and we should be willing to give that to God. We, do we give the most precious things we have to God, or do we give the leftovers? often use this as an illustration. I'm thankful for everything that is done for the church, for His church, and for the cause of Christ. But I've I'll mentioned this as I've mentioned in times past is if you've got something that you want to get rid of and you can't sell that at a garage sale, you try and take it to Goodwill and they won't take it, you leave it on the curb and the garbage service won't take it, don't bring it down to the house of God and say, I just want to be a blessing. Why is it we all think this way? We can't use that anymore. Let's give it to God. That's code for we don't want to haul it to the dump, but maybe they will. Uh, we ought to be reminded. I use that to illustrate this morning that the greatest things we have, the most precious things we have, ought to be given to Him because God's gift was a sacrificial gift. Sometimes we think that our time is gets carving out time to be faithful to the house of God. We're making some great sacrifice. But in comparison to what Christ did for us, sometimes it is inconvenient. Sometimes we do make those sacrifices. But in comparison of what Jesus did for us, the point I'm trying to remind us of, we're going to follow the pattern of giving that God has set. There ought to be some sacrifice to it. There ought to be a willingness to offer some sacrifice to Him. You may, as I taught in Sunday school this morning, if you're going to be consistently part of what God is doing with your time, even with your finances, you're going to have to prioritize it that way and make a point to give that gift and think about the sacrifice, the sacrificial gift that God gave. I hasten number three. This is where certainly 
the statements that have already been made ought to really mean something to us, but number three and four ought to be greatly appreciated. God's gift met a great need. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Do you realize that without Christ's sacrifice, you and I would have no hope? There's not a church that can save any man. There's not a Catholic priest or a Baptist preacher that can forgive any man's sins. God's gift met a great need. Jesus and His sacrifice, the gift of God, provided salvation that we could not provide for ourselves. Think about that. If you sit here this morning and you think you've provided your own salvation, I need to tell you that you've mistaken. No man can provide his own salvation. I don't know, Pastor. I've, I've got a lot of good works, and if I put them on this side of the scale, I really believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to outweigh this side of the scale. First of all, you've got a selective memory. Second of all, no man can provide salvation for himself. God's gift met a great need. <coughs> Likewise, our giving provides a great need. The, the project that we are focused on today, outside of our needs and our building projects, there are people all over this world who are hungry for the truth, they're hungry for the gospel. And to think that I can give something to the cause of Christ and it can help facilitate somebody who's never heard the name Jesus, hearing His name for the first time. You mean I can have a part in somebody on the other side of the world hearing that God loves them and Jesus died for them and hearing a plan of salvation and having it taught to them and them by faith, putting their faith and trust in Christ. Friend, there's going to be multitudes in heaven that we never met down here, but because we gave as God gave because it met a need. There's a recipient of salvation. I'm not against giving to quote-unquote causes. There's a lot of causes that are not sinful that they do good. But nothing does good like giving to something where somebody's going to find Jesus, where somebody's going to hear the gospel preached, where somebody's going to have their life changed, where somebody's going to have their marriage put back together, where somebody's going to have a home that was once filled with hate and, and hurt and tears now has, is a home of, of love and, and a, love that has, a home that has a future together. Boy, I want to I invest in something like that. I want to give to something that is going to meet a great need. God did that, and He set a pattern for you and I. Friend, when I give my tithes, I'm, I'm giving them unto the Lord, but I understand that in giving them unto the Lord, God will use them to meet a need. When I give to the missions program, I understand that my giving is going to meet a need. We give to the building program, and as we acquire more space, it's going to enable us to help more people reach more people. When I give of myself, well, as, we, as we ought to offer ourselves unto the Lord, it is following the pattern that God has set. It meets a need. And then number four, 
God's gift was necessary because it was His plan. Have you ever thought about why God sent His Son? Have you ever taken the time, and I've read through the Gospels, I enjoy reading through the Gospels from first chapter to the last chapter of the different Gospels, and just in one setting, just being reminded of all that Christ did. And each time that I do that, or I think about what I have read in the Bible, and I think about the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfection of our Savior. And often I push back and I ask myself the question, why would God put up with that? The treatment that He endured, the blasphemy that He experienced. Why would God send His Son? Because it was God's plan all along. A careful study of the Old Testament, it's very clear. God's plan from the beginning was to send His Son to provide redemption for sinful man. God's gift was necessary because it was God's plan. Man sinned against God and God provided a way for man to get back to Him. It was His plan all along. You think when that first sin was committed in the Garden of Eden and Genesis chapter number 3 lays that out for us as Eve was first tempted by the serpent and certainly Adam was uh, in her presence and they sinned and, and then they, they, their eyes were opened and they realized that they had sinned against God and they, they removed themselves and tried to hide from God. What a foolish thing. We haven't learned in all these years, have we? God comes to them, and what did God do? God made a way for fellowship to be restored. There were consequences, but blood was shed. Blood was shed, and that skin was taken and provided for them, but it was the blood that covered their sins. What was that a picture of? It was a picture of the spotless lamb that would be sent from on high, and the Lord Jesus Christ would live that sinless life, and He would go to the cross of Calvary, and we would find it referenced in John 3.16 as Christ speaks of Himself. Why did that happen? Because God's gift was necessary, because it was God's plan. Friend, hear me very carefully this morning. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, there's consequences for sin. Heaven's a real place, as we sung about this morning. But hell is just as real as heaven. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. But it is just as real as heaven is real. And just as those who knew Christ, who've gone on before us and they've closed their eyes in death, they are in eternity in that place called heaven. Those that never knew the Lord, they're in that, that, that place in eternity in that place called hell. It's not God's plan for anybody to go to hell. God did not create hell for you and I. He created it for the devil and the angels. But our sin means we deserve it. But God had a plan, and it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And all man must do is put his faith and trust in what Christ did. And we can have that. We have salvation. We have redemption. We have the forgiveness of our sins. That plan was necessary because it's God's plan. Just as it was God's plan for salvation. It's also God's plan for us to give ourselves to Him. The book of Romans speaks of us giving ourselves as a living sacrifice. 
What does that mean? That means that I give my life to God. That means that His desires are above my desires. His commands are above my desires. That means saying, Lord, whatever you want from me, you can have that for me. That's saying that if there's things that I need to change in my life so that God has the priority for my family and for my life, that is what I do. God set the pattern because He gave, because it was necessary, because it was His plan. And what I speak of today with having a giving heart, it is not my plan. It is not the church's plan. It is God's plan for His children to follow His pattern. And first of all, give of themselves. You know, if we give God ourself, if we're impressed, if He commands us to give to His church, that's not a big deal. I don't know, I know that Baptist church, all they, all they talk about is money. You know, you go to Walmart, fill up your cart, and push yourself out the door, and, ask, and they'll ask, and find out what they want to talk about. It's not what all we talk about. But that's the first thing that comes to your mind. You know what it reveals? That you haven't given yourself to Him. We do it because it is necessary. God's plan is for God's people. You study the New Testament. God's church comes together. And we're focused on Christ's work. We're focused on reaching the world with the gospel. And I can give myself to have a part of that. Oh, this, what a wonderful service we've had this morning. I wish those of you that were here yesterday morning, you saw this property is underwater and all the work that's been done this week. A lot of work has gone into us being able to enjoy the service this morning. People had to give of themselves. Why do we do that? Because it's God's plan. I guess the question it comes down to, how much have we accepted or yielded to the plan that God has set when it comes to giving? He gave His Son so that we might have salvation. That's the first thing that we need to be reminded of this morning. If you've never accepted the free gift of salvation, Jesus died for every man. You can have that gift of salvation. You must realize that you are a sinner. You must realize there's a payment for your sins. You must realize that Jesus paid the way for you and it's faith in what Christ did. That brings salvation. Well, you can get that settled this morning at the conclusion of the service, or you could bow your head and your heart right where you are and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and His, His finished work on Calvary. But as a child of God today, if you accept that free gift of salvation, the question must be asked of all of us, have we given as God gave? Well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to give that sacrifice. Aren't you thankful that... God decided, when He decided this is the plan of redemption, I'm going to freely give. I don't know if I want to surrender my, my heart to Him. I don't know if I want to surrender my life to Him. I don't know if I want to submit myself to the commands that He lays out in Scripture. I just don't know that I'm ready for that. Friend, you must follow the pattern that God has set and God gave because He loved. Can we really say that we love Him if we're not willing to give ourselves to Him? Well, you think of a young couple that's going to get married and either the young man or the young lady is, says, I want to continue, I want to marry you, but I'm going to continue to date in the meantime. 
just so you know if that scenario takes place, my counsel is to not get married. But it ought to be a convicting question. Are we that way with God? He's given everything for us. He's committed to us. Are we withholding from Him? This morning, as we go to invitation, and I'm done, make sure that you're saved. Know for certain you're on your way to heaven. This morning, I cannot answer this question for you. I wouldn't even pretend to answer this question for you. Only you can answer this question. Does God have your heart? Have you surrendered it to Him? Pastor, what does that mean? That means whatever God wants from you, whatever's in His Word, that's what you're willing to do. That's what God wants from all of us. God doesn't demand it, but He does ask for it. And quite frankly, He deserves it. Let's search our heart today and allow Him to continue to work in our life. Father, I pray this morning...